Hi, everybody. This is Jana, and welcome to the Advance Your Belly Dance podcast, a weekly podcast about business for belly dancers. Today, I'm talking to Rosa Noreen on how to market your belly dance classes. So Rosa, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Great. I'm happy to be on your podcast, Jana. This is very exciting. Um, I'm based in Portland, Maine in the Northeast United States, and I run a dance studio here called Bright Star World Dance. I also teach workshops around the country, and I run online intensives and you know, use use modern technology to the utmost, I think, at the moment. So how long have you been teaching? I've been teaching for, this is my 10th, 10th year teaching. And how long ago is it that you started using online classes to incorporate into your agenda? I believe it was about four years ago was when I ran my first online intensive. How do those differentiate from the classes that you have? So what kind of classes do you have in person and what kind do you usually run online? Sure. So in person, I teach um, different levels of belly dance, starting with beginner up through advanced. And um, these are weekly classes. People sign up for sessions. Um, I prefer sessions to drop in classes because it's a little easier on my my marketing time rather than having to go ongoing and be like, who's coming to class this week? Instead, I run a session and people sign up for six to 10 weeks at a time. Um, and once once they you know have learned enough and are comfortable, they can move up to the next level. Um, so those are my in-person classes here in Portland, Maine. And then online, I've started running special topics courses. So I've done one on delicious pauses, another one on the technique of hands and arms, and a third one on ballet skills for belly dancers. Okay, cool. Yeah. So these are four week intensives where people get three emails a week with technique and drill videos. And so they can do them on their own time. They can either keep up with it and work towards a certificate, or they can kind of do it at their own schedule, self-study-wise. So it's two two different two different approaches. And those are kind of, I imagine, because I also teach online intensives yeah. too, and I personally tend to market those towards people that already have an invested yes. interest in the dance, right? It's a lot easier than bringing in beginners that, because the whole thing in beginners classes is you meet people that are also interested in the dance and it's kind of like a social thing not just like okay I'm rear to learn absolutely the community is a huge part of it for many people and that's what I like to bring to it as well and with the in-person classes so how do you manage the online classes I know there's plenty of different platforms that people use yeah how do you send out yours do you do it manually or do you have like an automated system I do sort of a combination of both. Um, I film the video clips and I upload them to Vimeo where they are password protected videos. And then I have uh, MailChimp emails set up, the, the email newsletter service MailChimp. Mm-hmm. Um, and, that, and in each email through MailChimp, I have written information with some pictures to illustrate and then links to the technique video with a screenshot that people can click on to go to the video and um, you know the password written in there as well. And so those go out three times a week. So I'll typically, when it's a new course, I'll write them and schedule them in advance. And then when I'm rerunning the course, I'll 
you know, update a little bit of information every time and then just schedule them to go out. And I run, I, so far I've run these with um, a start date, kind of like a class session. Mm-hmm. So rather than people being able to sign up at any time and trigger the, um, like an automated process, mm-hmm. instead I, I have people sign up and we have a certain start date um, so that people can kind of go through the process together. And I also have an optional Facebook group that people can join to kind of like share their experiences, ask questions, clarify anything that wasn't, you know, clear to them in the videos. So there's an option for community development there as well. Similar to what, when I spoke to other dancers about how they do their online classes, it's kind of similar. I haven't, that is actually a really clever idea to upload to Vimeo and have it password protected. Is it the same password for all students? Or is it yeah, like, all okay. students, um, but it's a, I've used a different password for each, either each lesson or each week, depending mm-hmm. on which course I'm running. Um, so like all the videos in on one day might all have the same password or in one week might all have the same password. But if it's a four week course, it's just, it's just one step to kind of help keep it contained. Do you, so you have a start date. It's like, this is like the launch date. This is when it um, releases, yeah. right? Do you do it like a limited launch or is it when someone signs up that they are able to have access forever or how do you do it? Oh, good question. Um, I've started in the past, I had kind of a um, floating <laughs> end date to the mm-hmm. to the accessibility for the videos. Um, I've recently started putting out a, a six month deadline. Okay. So people have six months to access the videos, but being Vimeo, I can enable downloads. And so I let people know that they are welcome to download download the videos as long as they use them for personal use only. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have always had it like, I've always gone back and forth whether to do it like, yeah. okay, this is only available for let's say one month and then you have to register that time, but you can always, yeah. I guess, experiment, especially with online classes, you can always kind of relaunch. You, you never, that's one yeah. thing I've just learned. Like you can relaunch the same product 10,000 times over. <laughs> it's not, <laughs> it's not, wrong like it's completely right, okay right. and that's just something a lot of to develop these courses a lot yeah so it's just to be able to run them again yeah definitely so actually I was thinking of doing that for my own classes that I've had online like okay I think it's time to relaunch a few of these things like instead of right. killing myself over having to create new content all the time yes so. yes so how do you, between your uh, in-person weekly classes and the online courses, what are some of the marketing and advertising methods you've tried out? What is something that you've used for both that have worked or something that only works for one over the other? Sure. Um, uh, social media has definitely been an important aspect for me. I always create a Facebook event on my page, on my fan page or whatever they're calling it now, not on my personal page. Um, because of the different settings that Facebook has, you know, developed. And of course it's always changing, but I find that through the fan page, you can post a ticket link and and you can, um, it's also automatically public. Whereas an event created through one's personal page, you can't post a ticket link in the, well, you can post one, you can put it in the description, but there's not a a box for it, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, and also it's by default, it's private. Mm -hmm. So that can be, that can be challenging for getting the word out. Um, so, so usually I, I work, I work through it that way. And then, um, I haven't had a whole lot of luck with Facebook ads myself, but other people I've talked to have some methods I'd like to try as far as engaging the people who then, you know, like the shared post, blah, 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 sponsored post. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm curious to learn more 
about that because I think that that's still a useful thing to mm -hmm. to do when you do it right that it's so specific. Um, so for both both online and, and in person classes, emails to my list, which is you know substantial, emails to my list and um, targeted to different groups. So if I'm teaching local classes, I'm going to send it to the people who have checked off that they're interested in classes. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to send it to people out, you know. India and Poland or places like that for the yeah. weekly in person. You know, I, I that's don't want very to important. <laughs> Most people kind of ignore that they just send mass. I mean, I know I did it in the beginning too before because Mailchimp is kind of hard. I have Mailchimp too. It's kind of hard to figure yeah. out. Yeah, it takes yeah. a bit of, of learning, and then you're like, oh, okay, wait, I can do groups, so these people are not annoyed <laughs> with my performance locally. <laughs> like, so. Yeah, it's nice to target. I usually try and send a newsletter that kind of includes everything, you know, small little bits of everything once a month that goes out to everybody. And that might include classes, but if I'm sending an email that's only about classes, that's gonna I'm gonna go to people local to my area or people who've checked off that they're interested in classes. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's always, it's always an adventure learning the learning the software, <laughs> new features yeah. they add on. But I've, their little help videos have been really helpful to me. With regards to Facebook ads, I just found that Facebook ads are tricky. They Facebook itself has gone under like has undergone a lot of changes recently yes yes it's not the same as it used to be you post something now and you reached one person or you have to consistently post and at the same time get interaction which on the other hand I can understand why they do that they want good content which sure. is the same way that Instagram and Twitter and even Pinterest have redesigned kind of how you view like your feed but Facebook yeah. ads are tricky I know I've tried I've tried them a couple of times. I can't remember. It's been it's been too long, but I got a bunch of likes, but nothing ever yeah, really exactly. came of it. And you're like, okay, well, it is reaching people, but then how do you get them to sign up? One of my friends, um, she said she had really good luck with this. This was um, my friend Maya down in Alabama. Um, she had really good luck doing, uh, doing Facebook ads where she would then – friend the people who liked it she would send them a friend request and if they accepted the friend request she would send them a, a note um and she said that that was actually really effective for her oh okay but so that means you want people to find your personal page right exactly exactly mm -hmm. yeah so that's... depending on your use of social media that may or may not work and you know of course when you when you write to a stranger you don't want to be too salesy and stuff yeah. like that and don't friend request them your message will go to the filtered inbox so yeah oh boy <laughs> facebook is tricky and we'll do another pod like episode entirely about facebook <laughs> we'll talk to some facebook specialists or something yeah that would be that would be really good yeah. <laughs> um, really well for in-person classes um in addition to my flyers is to have uh to teach a free class that i advertise specifically as a free class on this one date. And I'll do this two or three times a year. Um, sometimes I'll do it at my studio as part of a big open house event with everyone in my studio teaching little half hour free classes. And sometimes I'll do like a one hour free class at a, uh, like a chiropractor's office or a naturopath or like some kind of alternative healthcare provider. Mm -hmm. um, and that's worked really well. So we, we, we cross market basically to both of our lists. So I'm offering a free class, which, you know, their people can like. And I also advertise my free class at this location to my list. 
So then people might get to know about, you know, this, this business that they didn't know about before. Um, so it's, it's beneficial to both. And then when I, I teach this class, it's like, you know, a, a sort of a taster, a belly dance intro class. And then if people sign up while they're there before they leave, if they sign up for the session that's about to start, they get either a small discount or they get a free hip scarf or I have, you know, I have a, a, a bonus for them um, that they can get if they sign up only on site. They can put down a deposit. They can do the whole thing. Either way works for me. Um, but that way they're excited about it and they enjoy it. They get to try it and then they can sign up right then and there. And that's actually been incredibly helpful for me. That's been, that's been a really effective tool. I've had, um, like a newspaper reporter come to it. And then, you know, a couple months later, publish a article about my class in her glossy magazine, you know, the local glossy kind of thing, um, which is wonderful. So yeah, so that's, that's been really effective. I know free classes don't work for everybody. Um, but when I run a session where people are putting down, you know, up to $130 at once, mm -hmm. sometimes people really do want to try it out. And I don't, I don't let people drop into my sessions. Um, I, I, I really, the, the community that develops is really important and sort of the transient nature of drop-in classes has a different feel to it. Mm -hmm. Um, I also don't let people sit and watch my classes. So I get that request a lot, you know, can I come and watch a class before I sign up? No, no, you can't. People <laughs> in the class, I don't really say it like that, but you know, I, I, I let them know that people in a new class are, are, you know, they're nervous and they're and they're learning something brand new. Participants are are the only ones allowed in the studio. Uh, so yeah, so if they can't try out a class and they're nervous about it, you know, some people will go ahead and take the plunge, but some people do want the opportunity to try a free class and then it hooks them. Yes. <laughs> That's actually really interesting and a really good way. I mean, people could probably do that with other similar, like a Pilates studio or yoga studio or something that's within the same realm of like health and fitness and exercise, but not a direct, I'm going to use a competitor. I mean, that's a yeah, big yeah, term in exactly. the belly dance community, but that's actually a really good way of getting yeah, it's a competitor. I don't really believe in that so much in the belly dance world because I believe there's everyone is different in their own way you can totally offer yes but you know what I mean in the marketing term competitor <laughs> yes but yes. that's a really interesting way so people could definitely give that a try I know here in Berlin um, I've been living here for about two years and I've taught at two different locations and I recently stopped teaching weekly classes just because it was so so much work having to do everything else on top of that and like sure. marketing and stuff. Luckily, the last studio, um, and I mentioned this in my other episode with when I was talking to Lisa, um, luckily they were more supportive. Like they did a lot of the marketing and advertising for me, but it's still like you still have to do your own share. And it was just getting to be too much on top of everything else. And But they had like once a year here in the fall, they have an open house where it's free classes. Nice. So people can just come and try it out. And yeah, but here it's only once a year and in the fall. I think having it a few times a year would be good, especially in the seasons when you're approaching kind of more dead seasons perhaps. Like here in the summer, it's dead. Everyone goes on vacation. Yeah. So I don't know what it's like in your neck of the woods. If Do you have that same thing in the summer? Is it like completely... We don't have as much a mass vacation as we do have the feeling where we only have a few short months where it's really nice here. And so people want to get outside. <laughs> That's actually so another summer, fair point. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. In the summer, I like to offer some more flexibility. So instead of, so, so I offer two enrollment options for the summer session. Summer session is usually like six or seven weeks. And I'll offer, you know, the full thing or for a slightly more per class uh, fee, I'll, I'll offer a, a four class or a five class card. So like two classes less than whatever the full session is. So that lets people still have some commitment, but gives them flexibility as well. Okay. And how many beginners classes do you offer? Like how many classes a week do you teach live at your studio? Right now I teach about, um, I'm teaching about uh, various right now. I'm teaching about nine weekly classes per, per week. Um, two are beginner level belly dance classes Mm-hmm. to our beginner ballet classes and for adults. And then I also have a, uh, let's say I have uh, upper level belly dance classes. I have two, two other levels. And I also have, I do have one drop-in class, which is called Lunchtime Shimmy. And that's a beginner level, a little bit more fitnessy uh, belly dance class, mm-hmm. which is a lot of, a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Um, and enrollment for that is really hit or miss. Some days I'll have two people. Some days I'll have 10 people. It's just, but I, I do it because it really, I continue with it. It's, it's not necessarily consistent, but it's a really nice pick me up for myself in the middle of the week. Do you have an offer for your students that they can kind of, because you do it in sessions though, but do you kind of have like an offer, like for example, the ballet class could benefit belly dancers. Absolutely. Do you have an offer like, okay, do you, if you take this class, it's this price or do you, how do you do, do you do just per class? Like, this is what it is. <laughs> I should. Um, I do. I just don't advertise it and I really ought to advertise it more. Um, but I do offer um, a 10% discount when people are taking more than one class per week with me. It's just that at this point it only comes up when people ask. So I really ought to advertise that, you know, thank <laughs> yes, you. you <laughs> right after this podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So what's something that would you that you would say is the number one thing that has really worked for getting people through the door or getting people through the online door <laughs> into your yeah. online intensives? And what's something that just did not work at all? Like um, targeted marketing. So for the online intensives, targeted marketing, um, meaning running ads through, for instance, I've run ads through Mahin's uh, Belly Dance Quickies newsletter. And that's been wonderful. That is a targeted market. It's people who are already interested in kind of the, you know, the geeky stuff about belly dance. Um, and so that's, that's been really wonderful. Um, I'm reaching an audience that's already engaged and that likes to learn things. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been great. Um, what hasn't worked for the online class for me has been any kind of flyers. Like if I go to a festival and I hand out flyers, that has not worked for me. One thing I I haven't tried in the flyer department for online classes is to put a little coupon on it or make the flyer itself a coupon. You know, the little dotted line border kind of thing, which sometimes when, when I'll when I make a coupon flyer, I, I, I get more, I get more, um, response. Mm-hmm. And I haven't tried that for online courses, but that might be my next thing to try. But I, I've, I've done my marketing. My effective marketing has been exclusively online, um, either through social media, through these ads with Maheen, um, and through my email list. And for those that don't know Maheen's uh, newsletter list, I believe it's on, is it She's She's got hips. Stuff. She's got hips with, with dashes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's actually a really good newsletter. Um, comes out a few times a week, every week, and mm-hmm. between tips and um, like just news and belly dance. And she does offer 
like ad space, which is pretty affordable. And like Rosa said, it is targeted and it's actually a really good way. I've used it before too, and I had success. So that's a pretty good way of targeting like you specifically your people and it works. I mean, (laughs) and it's not that much money either. And it helps support another belly dancer who's doing something cool. So it's a win-win for everyone around. So I also find the advertising in programs, um, at different belly dance festivals has been helpful. I might be advertising for a specific product or for a specific program, but even if I don't get return from that, I feel like just the visibility and the repetition mm-hmm. helps to build the recognizable face and name and brand, basically. Um, what were you going to say? Oh, that was, was going to be my question. What exactly do you put in those, like festival is it like programs for the show or something or do they have like sometimes they have flyer tables where you can like leave your own stuff or it's a combination of like here are people that have sponsored us or something it's the program for a show or it might be the program that has like the if it's a big festival it'll have like their entire schedule for the weekend some of these most of them are free when you go to a festival you can pick up a program for free some of them when they're really big, beautiful programs. Um, they might be $5 to purchase. And to me as an attendee, that's completely worth it because it's Mm -hmm. a beautiful keepsake as well as being really full of information. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Usually that's the type of program that I'm talking about and what I'll advertise in it will usually be for either an upcoming DVD, an upcoming online program, um, or if I don't have anything coming up within, you know, a couple months of, of that particular festival, I'll just do, you know, booking workshops for 2016. Here's a handful of topics and here's one little tip for dancers. I don't want it to be too wordy. I want it to mostly be pretty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ads have to be, catch the eye. You can't have too much text, which yeah. is the, fine, the problem I find with Facebook ads, which is you have to have only 25% of the image or 20% of the image has to have text. Like, that's it. <laughs> But you're like, but I want yeah. to write stuff. But then you have to remember, okay, good advertisements don't have that much text on them. So you're stuck between yeah. what to explain. So, yeah, it's just catch me too. But yeah. for the um, festival ones, <laughs> back to that topic, I assume this is for festivals that you are attending. Typically, those are the ones that are on my radar. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but occasionally, um, depending on... On the price, basically, I'll, I'll advertise at festivals I haven't been to or am not attending due to distance or schedule. See, that's interesting. I would never have thought of that because I'm thinking, well, they're just going to be like, who's yeah. this? <laughs> but I mean, I'm in a Facebook do... group for professional belly dance promoters, and um, we aren't allowed to post advertisements on that, but we are allowed to post when, when someone has a program ad that they're accepting advertisements for. Um, and so depending on the festival, like I, you know, I probably wouldn't put an ad say in tribal fest, yeah. not that that is happening anymore. <laughs> um, but you know, I, I would, I would target to as much as my, my topics can definitely appeal to tribal people. Mm-hmm. Uh, my pictures won't as much. <laughs> Yeah. And I'm not going to dress up in a costume that's not something I wear. That just doesn't feel right. So, yeah. um, you know, so I will I will target it. I, I have advertised in, in festivals I've never been to. That's interesting. I haven't tried that yet. <laughs> you have to try that. That's actually a really good way because I know I look through the programs all the time. Right? Yeah. And they're really usually well made and 
you're yeah. already looking at okay who's the next performer and you see all these pretty pretty ads on there and you know why not try it that's actually really yeah good. absolutely and they're not too expensive I know when I've seen I mean I guess it depends on the festival but I know when I've seen when I used to go to a bunch of festivals back when I lived in Florida uh, right right the prices they would have the prices on the websites or something and yeah. it wasn't too bad I mean compared to like putting an ad in the newspaper or right, right. <laughs> something more mainstream yeah yeah so it's actually not a bad idea yeah I think it's a worthwhile investment um and I took inspiration from Samira who used to run the Las Vegas belly dance intensive um mm-hmm. she retired event last year um but she would she would she would could even advertise for her festival in my little show program up here in Maine. You know, she mm-hmm. really invested in in her advertising, and she really made sure to be ubiquitous and to reach out to all markets. And I think that was a huge part of her success as a festival owner was really that connection. Because mm-hmm. um, also, it's just it's a nice it's a nice networking connection. You know, if it's someone who's who I like, who I think they run a good festival, even if I'm not going to it, if if I you know, if I, if I have a lot of respect for them and they're a program and they're, a, you know, a group that I'd like to support, um, that is a goodwill motion as well as an effective advertising venue for me. I definitely, I mean, you can definitely tell when someone is running a festival, whether they are good organizers or not. And I think because belly dance is such, it's kind of a small world, <laughs> You want to Definitely. support the good ones. I've seen plenty of, of kind of sketchy ones, I will add. <laughs> and yes. Or they'd want to add drama to things or whatever. And it's just like, why would I want to be part of that? I don't want to pay money to be involved in their drama. So Absolutely. it's good when someone's actually a good person and running it really professionally. That's, that's the key. How much of a role does, you've mentioned using Facebook before, but how much of a role does other social media play into your marketing? Have you tried Pinterest ads or Instagram or just Twitter? I haven't. I haven't. Um, mostly just due to time. I have accounts in Twitter and Pinterest and Instagram. And I've, I've mostly focused Instagram on my life mm-hmm. <laughs> as opposed to my business. <laughs> Um, it's all mixed in, but there's lots of pictures of my cats and my food on Instagram. Um, in addition to here I am at the dance studio. So I think of that as just more of a, to me, that's been more of a fun outlet rather than a businessy outlet. I mean, every social media page is going to be curated, you know, you're not Mm -hmm. just going to post it. I hope you're not just going to post everything. Um, but, um, Twitter, I just, honestly, I just, don't go on it. <laughs> yeah. I have I have my page post set to publish to Twitter. And so I have a presence, but it's not, I don't think it's especially interesting Twitter content that I've been putting out, you know, um, and Pinterest as well. Same thing. I just, I just haven't gotten into it. Um, and that's just due to time on my part. I run out of time. Um, so Facebook is what I know and am comfortable with. And so that's where I focus my efforts um, as far as social media goes. And I think that's where most people still hang out. I mean, Facebook is still, it's not dead yet. I mean, just because our parents are on it doesn't yeah. mean it's not what yeah. <laughs> people use. And if people, I, especially in the belly dance world, like people are on Facebook. I've gotten requests yeah. to come to Berlin and have me host them as workshop like teachers through Facebook. Like I go out and messages wow. from Russian dancers like, hi, I would like to come teach. And I'm like, 
Yeah. No. I don't, don't, I don't like doing Facebook. business with Facebook. That's yeah. But people, I get, but it ha- it works for some people. It definitely has to because otherwise they wouldn't be <laughs> reaching out to you yeah. Yeah. halfway yeah, across the true. world through Facebook. Like, it's an interesting method. I wouldn't recommend it. Anyone listening to this, don't start <laughs> sending out random Facebook messages to people you don't know. But, but I mean, it, it does happen. So I think I, I've known of festival organizers that have gotten, that have communicated exclusively through Facebook. Yeah. And that is how they've booked their like workshop teacher, which to me is like annoying. I don't like checking Facebook more than once a day. <laughs> like I have to manually go into the app and see if there's yeah. any messages I need to answer. And then that takes two seconds and I'm out. But I wouldn't want to communicate exclusively through Facebook. So yeah, I find that the Facebook message interface is really cumbersome. Um, it's not. It is possible, I guess, to sort your unread messages, but it's not an obvious option. And so I always forget how to do it. And you know, and then I check my filter like not often enough. And then I find a bunch of random messages from men far away who are like, "Hello, beautiful." Yeah. And, you know, but then there's there's the occasional one. There's a gig request through Facebook. Hello. I missed you. Um, So I don't think it's the best platform for business. I think it's good for social networking. Um, I was talking today with a friend who, this isn't a belly dance marketing thing, but it's a, it's a marketing thing. A friend of mine was complaining about a message that she got from basically a stranger, someone who friend requested her randomly. I think she friend requested her because she's friends with other mutual friends, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but the message that my friend received was very transparently part of one of these, um, I don't know if it's like Beachbody or, you know, a, a, a marketing, a lifestyle, a lifestyle thing where okay. they will provide their members with specific language to use. Uh, like a curated that, ad, like yes. you need to post that, Okay. Like, are you ready to transform your life? I, you know, things things that are just really very obviously marketing language as opposed to, hey, I saw you were interested in this photo about or this flyer for my belly dance class. Can I give you some more information? You know, mm-hmm. something more casual as opposed to, here's a diatribe about my fabulous program <laughs> from someone far, far away you know, up in an office that wrote this text to send to me. Um, so reaching out through Facebook, if you're going to do social marketing, it needs to be social. Yeah, know? it's it not needs the to way. Have a feeling to it and it can't be too pushy. And yeah, <gasps> it can't have the script of like, right. The script an ad that they've sent out to 20,000 other people. Yeah. It has to be, even if you're just cold emailing someone, you know, you all, you get those spam emails like, hello, Sir slash madam. <laughs> right, right. I am writing to you today because I noticed your SEO was I was like, no, why? <laughs> not, not effective. That's not I effective. once had someone reach out. I'm also, I also run a design business. Ah, um, uh, yes. And I had someone reach out to me for web design. And I actually, I don't respond to these things, but that day I was feeling particularly sassy. And I responded with, you must not have done your research. (laughs) I am a designer. Like I do all the things that you were telling me. And then they answered back saying, Oh, I only sent this because my boss is watching or something really random. And I can't believe they actually responded, but I was just like, what is happening now? Like, okay. 
And then I was just like, okay, I'm just going to not even respond like to these things and just block it. Yeah. Spam, but Time suck. Time suck. <laughs> yeah. I was I just know. feeling particularly yeah. interested that day. <laughs> uh, those Sometimes those days pop up. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, it does help to research, you know, a little bit about the person that you're writing to. And yeah. 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 And don't... <laughs> <laughs> discourage any listeners about like reaching out you can totally do that and I'll talk yeah. about this in another episode how you can use cold emailing to get like gigs like it's I mean it has okay I will say this it has worked for me but I have met the person I've cold emailed that is I guess the only caveat so it's not completely cold emailing yeah but it is kind of like emailing them with something out of the blue but again, I think with belly dance, the thing about belly dance marketing, the whole reason I wanted to have this podcast is that people usually tend to think, and I used to tend to think this too, about business and marketing and all that stuff. I used to think it was just really like sleazy, like kind of like, oh, sneaky. I don't really want to be doing this. It just sounds so fake. And the belly dance world is kind of filled with enough drama as it is. <laughs> Let's be honest. And I just didn't, I didn't like the feeling of it, but what I learned from taking different classes online and meeting other dancers that were doing it well is that to be doing marketing well is to make it not even look like you're trying that hard. Yes. And yes. so I think that's the key. It's not about sending out these mass messages, for example, like the Russian dancers I get messaging me right. about, I literally got an email one day just saying, I'm ready to come to your country now. And I was like, okay <laughs> oh are you or are you awesome Who, like what and I'm not even a, I'm not even a festival host. like they send us the completely wrong person had I had had a festival that runs every year right and I was known for this thing I could kind of understand that even as weirdly as it is worded but I that wasn't even what I was like promoting or about my image or my brand at all yeah. so they just sent it to the absolutely like wrong person same as the people I get also from the Middle East like these musicians they're like I can come to your country to play and I'm like okay like that's nice but I don't have anything to do with that like I'm not a sponsor yeah for random like artists and drummers <laughs> like you know what I mean? yeah like, yeah. So target your efforts. Yeah, if you're going to be messaging people, whether it be through social media or otherwise, you have to kind of interact with them beforehand yeah. in some kind of way. Either follow their page on Facebook, message, you know, it takes a while. It takes a, a few interactions. Exactly, building up your network versus cold calling. Or... Yeah, and even cold calling. I mean, statistically, if you send out two thousand emails, you will get some kind of response. Maybe yeah. get one person, but who has the time to send out 2,000 emails? Absolutely. And do you really want to be, I don't know how to explain it, like it's kind of letting fate decide what you're in, as opposed to like, okay, I'm targeting this, I want this to happen. Yes, yes. And like, well, I don't really want to be teaching in the middle of nowhere if that's the only person that answered me, you know? Like, right. You know, right, absolutely. So back to Belly Mouse Mark. <laughs> Yeah, it's not to discourage people they're like oh god I, I've messaged people like that I mean there's nothing wrong with that it's just targeting I think is the key here just yeah exactly exactly you need to be become familiar with your community what works here in Maine may not work in Miami for instance you know definitely uh, knowing knowing who you're 
who you're who you're writing to. Are you targeting moms? Are you targeting you know, busy professionals, are you, you know, moms, moms can absolutely be both, uh, <laughs> you know, stay at home versus, uh, someone who's busy with after school activities versus, you know, someone who has a packed schedule. And like, there's, there's one woman I've taught and I will go to her house and she will literally be on the phone up until the time we have our private lesson and she will stop her phone call, she will have her private lesson and then she will go return to that phone call. Mm -hmm. Um, so she's a, you know, a very, very busy professional, (laughs) um, who's making time in her day for this particular thing. So, so depending on, on who you're trying to reach, it's, it's helpful to have some different approaches Mm -hmm. and to think of it as an actual useful service that you're providing. Like I'm not trying to annoy people with stuff. I'm actually trying to, you know, send something that I truly believe in, that I love to do, that I love to share. So kind of overcoming that that feeling of being sleazy in marketing, is the service that you're selling worth selling? If so, then awesome, go for it. Definitely. And I think if, like you mentioned, if it's something that you truly do enjoy doing, then the marketing part should come easy. It should You should not be scared to sell yourself or sell your product or sell your services because you're not it doing it in a weird, like you're not just like, I'm not going to lie, you do need to make money <laughs> to survive off of your art. This is a business. And I think it that's is. part of it, is remembering that you do have a business, that this is a business, and you have a responsibility to your business to do this work. Exactly. And this is part of running that business. If you don't want to run that business, maybe you should teach for a studio as opposed to, you know, yeah. to teach, like, if the studio will do all your marketing as opposed to running your own classes, for instance. Um, so there's, you know, there's different niches that can be filled. Um Carolina Nerkio um, has a has a good quote. She says, "I'm not um, I'm not an extrovert. I'm a business owner." <laughs> and as That's, someone who's yeah. you know kind of shy to go up and talk to strangers like that, that helps me. This is my business owner hat. You know, this is the role that I have to play. That's a really good thing to think about. Yeah, because it's not about whether you like advertising your business it's, you mm-hmm. have to you just you, you have to market yourself and you have to Absolutely. put yourself out there no matter how scary it is and I think it's also what I've noticed running a dance business versus a design business I think because dance is such a personal thing it's such an like an art like design I think of yeah it is obviously artsy but sure, I, sure. it is it's more in the business there's more resources out there there's more people to talk to about business mm-hmm. Whereas dance, it's a lot more personal and a little bit intimate and like you kind of put everything out there. And I think that's why people shy away from perhaps marketing themselves because it's such like you're wearing your heart on your sleeve kind of thing. Like everyone can see your intentions. And like I've mentioned, the belly dance world is a lot smaller. And if one person says something to this person about, you know, you get worried more okay, what does the community think of me? But just, yeah. I'm not going to curse. I'm going to not, I'm not going to curse on my podcast, but if you don't have, to, I will say this though, I'm not going to continue to, <laughs> you, <laughs> you just shouldn't give a shit. Like I'm going to say, just yeah. do your yeah, thing absolutely. and you're doing better out there trying different things as opposed to the person sitting back behind the computer, like judging you, you know? Yes. Yes. You're so right. So just, just do it. If it fails, it fails. At least, you know, figure out what happened and do it again, you know, just, just do it. My though. business 
coach, uh, my business coach, Julie Easton, who founded, she founded the Belly Dance Business mm-hmm. Academy. She um, emphasizes imperfect action over perfect inaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's better to do something, to try it something. And let's say you're 80% satisfied with it than waiting yeah. for the hundred percent. The hundred percent is never going to be there. I can guarantee exactly. you that. Exactly. So, and Julie Easton, for those of you who don't know, um, she, she used to run, I guess, the business, uh, mm-hmm. Belly Dance Business Academy. I think she's given it over to another yeah. dancer. If I yeah, Terry Terry Allred now runs the Belly Dance Business Academy, and she's done a lot with it. Julie has a lot of different pursuits, and she found that the others were just taking more time mm-hmm. than the belly dance business side of it. And so she handed this over to Terry, and Terry has really run with it and created a fantastic network of teachers um, teaching all kinds of things from like communication, interpersonal communication, mm-hmm. to you know know how to make an effective flyer to you know various options for enrollment so there's there's free classes there's more in-depth classes you can pay for there's multi-step there's like you you know a free class you read a thing it takes 15 minutes versus something where you get sort of like my online intensive where you get lessons over a period of time it's it's really it's really cool the way she's um uh really put a, a lot of work into developing this as a resource for our community yeah, it's a really great, um, like Rosa said, it's a really great resource and really great classes. I remember I took them back when Julie was still running them, maybe about probably yeah. three years ago by now. Um, but for those that want to check it out, it's bellydancebusinessacademy.com. So it's a really great way to also get started with the, like, you have a really good overview at first, and then you get more into specifics of what it is that you need to do. So I really recommend it to any listeners. Yeah. It's been, it's been huge, hugely helpful for me. And do you want to share anything you're currently working on that's launching soon or something that you're going to do beginning of next year or anything that you want the listeners sure. to check out? Sure. Um, starting in January, I'm going to be running uh, my ballet skills for belly dancers online course once again. And this is, like I said, it's four weeks. It's three lessons per week. Email. Um, by email, you get you get your lessons and you get links to very detailed technique videos and then drill videos. So you can put that thing that you learned into action right away. Um, and so in this course, I'm teaching very specific ballet skills, not fusion, but ballet skills that are specifically app- ac- <laughs> applicable <laughs> to um, belly dancers. And I talk about how they integrate into belly dance, but I'm teaching the specific ballet forms of these movements. Um, I ran it uh, over the summer and I had people from all over the world joining. It was really fun to share this very detailed dance art form that's so different from belly dance, mm-hmm. but can also be complementary in many ways. It was it was really great. People had their lines improve. They had their ankle strength improve. It was It was really exciting to see. Um, where people went with this. So I'll be running that again starting in January. Registration is up on my website now. So people can already register now? Yes. And where can they register? What's the name of the website? They can go to www.rosanoreen.com, all one word, and sign up. (laughs) So make sure to sign up people. When does registration close? The course starts um, January 9th and... That's a Monday, and registration closes January 7th, which is a Saturday. Uh, okay, so they've got time, but register beforehand. Yes, indeed. Yes, sure indeed. Um, there's, there's some earlier bird specials, so the sooner you sign up, um, the, the more material you, you get access to. <laughs> awesome. And for anyone doubting can... if um, ballet helps belly dance, it 
definitely does. Years ago, I took like a similar class with my current teacher, like uh, my past teacher in Florida. And it definitely since then improved like my lines, my arm, my posture, everything. So if you are wanting to tweak your technique, this is probably a really good course to to try out. Thank you so much for joining us this week. If any listeners are listening right now and you like the podcast, don't forget to give a five-star review on iTunes and come hang out with us in the Facebook group, Advance Your Belly Dance. Just go to Facebook and type it in and it'll pop up. Request to join and I'll add you. Or come visit the website at advanceyourbellydance.com. Thanks again so much to Rosa and see you guys next week. Thank you, Shana. Welcome.